0: It's Epstein, I am your host, I'm a narcissistic abuse life coach. Uh, Today I'll be discussing cutting psychic cords, breaking demonic soul ties with narcissists. I wanted to do an episode to explain that although we may be miles away from our narcissistic abusers, perhaps we have ended the relationship uh, with our perpetrator and while the relationship may be long gone or long over, there is still a deep spiritual and energetic connection that needs to be uh, cut, needs to be broken to truly be free from our abusers, to be disconnected and to be able to truly move on. So while trying to answer the question that I had, which was essentially why, after we end the relationship, there's still such a deep desire and connection to our abusers, I came across the concept of psychic cords and demonic soul ties. Now, without cutting and breaking these ties, these cords, we are still enmeshed with the low vibrational beings, with narcissists, which really make it very difficult to move on and manifest healthy, attract healthy relationships. So I'm going to start with an article. This is uh, Understanding and Breaking Ungodly Soul Ties by Tommy Kelly. He defines three definitions of what a soul tie is. He begins, a soul tie is a connection between two people's souls. It links their soul together, and this can be good or bad. That's the first definition. The second one is a link that ties two souls together in the spiritual realm. And the third definition is simply defined. A soul tie is a spiritual and emotional bonding between the souls of two or more people. He says that Dr. Peter Horabin, founder and International director of LL Ministries, explains that a soul tie is a relationship in which we are either rightfully bonded or subject to bondage. It is a bonding, either good or bad, that holds people in a relationship whether we like it or not. A soul tie can serve many roles, but in its simplest form, it is two souls together in the spiritual realm. Soul ties of married couples draw them together like magnets, while soul ties between fornicators can draw a beaten and abused woman to a man which, in the natural realm, she would hate and run from, but instead she runs to him even though. He doesn't love her and treats her like dirt. In the demonic world, unholy soul ties can serve as bridges between two people to pass demonic garbage through. So those are the three definitions of demonic soul ties, according to Tommy Kelly. So he continues that there are ways in which soul ties are formed. The first one is sexual relationships. He says there are godly soul ties, such as between a husband and a wife, or ungodly soul ties, such as fornication and adultery. He mentions that it is a fact heightened by extensive experience that the soul ties established through ungodly sexual activities are a prime entry point to the demonic uh, peter horobin observes every time a person has sex outside of marriage an ungodly soul tie is established and the demons are given rights of entry the deeper a person enters into a such an immoral relationship the stronger becomes the hold of the demonic on the participants and this can then become a gateway for further and sometimes extensive demonization so obviously this is conceptual uh, you may or may not agree with it but i do think that there's something here which i believe is worth exploring when it comes to soul ties He continues, there is a strong connection between our sexuality and our spirituality. When we join ourselves sexually with another human being, we become one with them and joined in our spirits. Sexually, intimacy is the deepest way that we yield ourselves to another person in a relationship and offer our whole being to another in a very vulnerable manner. So that completes the first soul tie connection, one that's formed through sexual relationships. The next one he describes is close relationships. He goes on to explain that dominating parental soul ties spell disaster for healthy sexual relationships inside marriage. A dominant soul tie with a mother, for example, will often result in the child having a spirit that has gained access through the mother. Such an evil spirit can even mimic the character and dominance of the mother so that even if the mother is miles away, the person feels the pressure inside of the mother's influence. So this is where you see that sort of covert incest enmeshing between a mother and a son or a father and a daughter. Uh, If you have not seen the show, Uh, Bates Motel, a fantastic show which describes a mother and enmeshment with her son, which actually, he is entirely possessed and controlled by the mother's thoughts and feelings. Uh, In essence, he is one with her. So a great show. I highly suggest watching if you have not already to describe this enmeshment. Uh, He continues, other soul ties can be created through unhealthy, codependent, domineering or controlling relationships with family members. Soul ties with family members can result when a client was brought up in a very controlling environment or when they were abandoned or rejected by a parent. He brings an example of young boys who grew up in a highly controlling environment with mothers who were narcissistically controlling, may have never learned how to think for themselves and grow in emotional, mental, and spiritual maturity as men. These maternal soul ties can be so strong in a young man's life that even though the young man can be off at college or away from home thousands of miles away, they can still feel pressure and hear the voice of their mother inside of them always telling them what they should do. He mentions that the same could be true for a father, son, or a mother daughter relationship. For instance, a mother's identity may have become so warped up in their children that they do not have a mature identity of their own, and they don't know how to cope with life after the children have grown up and left their house. This may be leading to a mother who becomes controlling, manipulative, domineering, and even use emotional blackmail at times to ensure that her children never become mature enough to totally flee the nest and leave home. All of these ungodly behaviors result in the formation of the ungodly soul tie between a mother and a child, or a father and a child. So that's the second way a soul tie could be created the third one is vows commitments and agreements he mentions that vows bind the soul whether it's a covenant a spell an oath the fourth one is trauma and abuse sadly he mentions some soul ties are formed through experiences of trauma and abuse inner healing and deliverance ministers acknowledge at least six forms of abuse sexual verbal emotional physical mental and spiritual abuse he mentions that some clients have experienced such horrific forms of abuse such as sra which is satanic ritual abuse Uh, This is where the sharing of blood is often involved in these types of occult rituals and dedications. All these experiences show the harsh reality that when we are abused, we become demonized. Because of this, when we are abused, demonic soul ties often form between the abuser and the abuse, often referred to as a traumatic bond. So that completes the information described by Tommy Kelly, and I completely resonate with all of that I myself was enmeshed with a narcissistic mother and I had to go through this experience of cutting the emotional cords, the energetic cords, the spiritual cords, the the soul tie with my mother to truly move on and ultimately become my authentic self. So I want to talk about a psychic cord, which I believe that the soul tie is sort of a spiritual concept and then the psychic cord is more of an energetic. So let's talk about energetic psychic cords. I'm going to quote from an article. This one is Psychic Cord Cutting, Healing After Narcissistic Abuse by Kim Syed. First, what is a psychic cord? A psychic cord is an energetic bond that develops between two people. This typically happens when they share a deeply intimate relationship, but also when one partner believes that their wholeness is reliant on the other partner, such as in an emotionally abusive relationship. The beliefs that create cords stem from unsatisfied needs and deeply held emotional patterns. That's why people who've been involved with a narcissist, whether during childhood or in a romantic relationship or both, often seem to go through life attracting the same kind of people. Now, cords can be caused by many different things. Often, it is because of an emotionally traumatic event, or maybe we've allowed someone to disregard our boundaries, or perhaps we have no boundaries. Now, she mentions a psychic cord can create severe problems on an emotional, subconscious, spiritual, energetic, and physical level. These cords are often the main reason for blocked creative energy, repressed self-expression, loss of personal power, unresolved anger, fear or grief, weak and interpersonal boundaries, and Finally, poor health. Now, although symptoms of cords can vary greatly, an individual will typically feel drained from specific relationships when the cord is present. When we want to let someone go because the relationship is unhealthy or toxic and abusive, the cords and the continuing psychic exchange between us and the person can hold us back. She mentioned some signs that we have toxic psychic cords that need to be severed as follows. A, the inability to move on, obsessing over an ex, ruminating on things they said, reliving their constant judgment criticism, constant memories concerning things you used to do together, a compulsion to go back to the toxic relationship, stalking your ex online through social media, insomnia or endless processing of the past, deep feelings of sadness, anger, and depression regarding the past, a desire to seek revenge or constantly aware of unfair treatment, crying all the time, an emotional shell, and finally turning down invitations from family and friends stuck in the past. So she describes that clearing energetic cords that bind you to an abusive narcissist is an absolute must. Not only will doing so sever the psychic ties with the narcissist, but it will also clear the spiritual debris they picked up from sleeping with multiple partners, which they then spread to you when you shared intimate moments with them. This can cause you to attract negative energy into your life. So let's talk about the cord cutting process. She mentions that we often have misconceptions about relationships and perceptions about who we are, who we believe we are, and who we think the other person is. So doing this work will help you overcome this and begin to form a new perspective, a new outlook, even if you are not able to feel anything, trust that the process is occurring when you go through these steps. She says you want to start by calling upon your higher power, whether it's God, Jesus, spiritual guides, your higher self to help you with this process. She mentions visualizing yourself holding a crystal sword. And say out loud, I now cut and release the cords of this relationship or the person's name. And while you're saying this, move your arms as if you're holding a sword and cut all around your body, remembering to cut above you and to send intent, to have intention. You want to visualize the sword going below you to cut the roots of the relationship. You might also visualize pulling up the roots and plucking them out of your energy field while continuing to cut with the sword. She says you want to visualize the energetic cords vanishing as you cut and pull them from you. She says you may find that as you do this, that some bundles may be more concentrated in the navel or heart area. Intimate relationships are typically more concentrated in the lower chakras. She says you want to continue to say the name of the person from whom you are cutting cords. When you feel you are done with that person and the relationship, pause and let yourself get a sense of whether or not the cord cutting was successful. It is best to only do a few relationships in one psychic cord cutting ceremony. You want to start with the ones that occupy your mind and heart the most. When you feel that this process is complete, you want to pause and breathe for a few moments. Visualize a lavender light circling you as you bask in your new clean energy field. Allow your heart to expand and feel the connection to your higher self. In doing this ceremony, you have created a space. By calling in the divine and your higher self, you bring in what you need to go forth and form the relationships that you desire. She mentions that next, you want to simply relax and rest. You may even want to take a nap. You may feel hungry, drained, or simply peaceful. Even while you rest the energy, streams are dispersed as they go back to the time, person, and relationship. And lastly, Kim mentions you'll want to also clear out the area where you perform the ritual through smudging or diffusing essential oils, such as Release by Young Living. It's wonderful for psychic cord cutting and a great emotional support for this type of work. So like I mentioned, so important to cut ties emotionally, psychically, spiritually. If we don't do that, we, in essence, are still stuck in the relationship. We're still being vampired, and ultimately, we have a very difficult time creating new patterns of relationships and moving on to other people, higher vibrational relationships, ones with synergy, ones with respect, uh, love, abundance, and happiness. So if this is a struggle for you, please do reach out and allow me to help you in this cord cutting, this breaking of the demonic ties. And I'd be more than happy to help you along this process. I offer a free 15 minute consultation. So reach out and discuss how I can be of service to you on your healing journey. My email, yitz, Y-I-T-Z at psychologicalhealingcenter.com by phone 252 4852 I want to thank you so very much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the very best.